What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Party people, this is Mr. V of Confessions of a Curly Mind, broadcasting through Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Right, the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Cosmic, Cosmic Radio. Twisted Soul. Futuristica Radio. You're listening to the Blue and Green podcast, and I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com. Howdy, gang. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're tuned into another episode. I say another episode, more specifically, episode 121 uh, of the Blue in Green podcast, which is a nice round number, isn't it? Uh, my name's Imran. You are tuned into the Blue in Green podcast, which runs in conjunction with Blue in Green Radio, the online internet radio station that broadcasts from London and is very, very fortunate to host shows from across the whole wide world. Uh, typically, uh, for those that check these episodes, out on a more regular basis you will know at this point i introduce uh the um the person i have the uh the fortune of having uh, a conversation with and we get to unpack um their uh passions and inspirations whether it's a blue and green radio presenter or uh, an artist a musician or a label boss etc etc and we get to kind of celebrate uh, various things and uh today's episode is quite different um uh, Molly, uh, one of our, obviously our favourite guests uh, to have featured on this uh, podcast um, across all 121 episodes. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be able to spend time with Molly, and she's afforded me. It's actually quite, it's a, it's quite a nice gift to, to be honest. Um, it, and she had the idea of hanging out for an episode and talking the radio station and how Blue and Green Radio came to be. And it, as I say, it's it's kind of a gift to, have, you know, have had the opportunity to do that, and it uh, has subsequently meant a lot to me to have been able to do that. So I will keep this brief because you'll hear this voice droning on quite a bit <laughs> uh, throughout the episode today. But um, uh, yeah, so it's a as we said at the top of the uh, the show, it's a online internet radio station that broadcasts from London and hosts shows from across the whole wide world. And uh, this uh, episode is very much, I think, in, in kind of in a roundabout way, it's my love letter to the station um, and kind of everyone specifically who who you know gives so much to it, and it, it lives and breathes off of the contributions of some you know that i would argue some of the most incredible some of the greatest um kind of minds musically uh that you can get on on radio and i don't say that there's you know there's there's no part of me that doesn't believe what you know that we have the most amazing team and um it as i said it's a station that lives and breathes off of uh, these incredible people and they're just phenomenal efforts and I, I want to just shout them out and you know we have Vahe from 
uh, Melbourne, Australia with Confessions of a Curly Mind and V's joint. We have Lamolly uh, with the Super Sonido Show coming to us from Denver, Colorado. Uh, DJ Simon S with Futuristica Radio uh, from Bournemouth in the UK. Uh, Rhonda, DJ Ronnie Ron from uh, San Jose, California uh, presenting us with the, the blissful Ride the Vibe. We have As Valet from Paris with Cosmic Radio. Steve Williams um, with UK Vibe and Contemporary Eye from um, uh, Solihull in the UK. We have Bob Hill with the Illicit Grooves Radio Show, uh, brand new to our to our air, airwaves, uh, but you know uh, uh, a, a cherished uh, addition, uh, no less. Um, um, we have Sean Sophia from Niigata, uh, Japan, with Raw Select Music. We have Colin Smith uh, from the Indelible Twisted Soul uh, from uh, the UK, and Nigel Gentry as well from uh, Canberra, uh, Australia, and of course Carla Edwin Jones. Um, uh, from Stoke-on-Trent uh, in the UK presenting the, uh, the fantastic What Samples radio show so um, as always I'll always say we you know, would love for you to check us out at blueandgreenradio.com um, I want to give a, a massive massive uh, thanks uh, of course to uh, Molly for, for the episode today it's, uh, it meant a lot to me to kind of have uh, the chance to you know uh, to talk about the station and um uh and everyone who just does so much to it and uh um I, yeah i i couldn't be more uh proud of it and uh for um this is my rambling going on now <laughs> i couldn't be more proud of it and uh more head over heels for the people that have given so much for so long uh as well so uh i love you all and uh i hope you enjoy our episode today i'm going to jump in we normally have two songs as you may know uh we my pick normally comes right now but i'm going to play molly's pick and then we're going to go straight into the episode and she will then uh explain uh why we heard what we heard and then i'll get i get to pick the closing number i think for the first time in 121 episodes what a treat uh thanks once again everyone thank you molly and I hope you enjoy the episode.
I'm, I'm freaking out. I <laughs> is like, is this what I've been putting you through like <laughs> all this time? I thought it was, uh, you know, anytime I did it, it was about me expressing my, you know, uh, uh, fandom and adoration and you know for stuff that you and the other presenters and musicians etc. do. But now I'm seeing the torture in it, and um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It's 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 tough. I don't know what's what's going to happen. <laughs> I'll be really nice. I promise. Okay. I won't ask you any curveballs or get <laughs> you canceled. Don't worry. <laughs> so the song I picked for today, I was trying to think about like, what does Imran like? Who is he? And what do I think about him? And honestly. To me, you are like top three nicest humans I've ever met. And so so the song I picked is by a guy named Heaven the Dude, and it's called What It Feels Like to Be My Friend. And that's kind of what I was hoping to convey with this interview was like, you do so much for all of us. You make sure that our work goes out there in the best way possible, that people get to know us being like hosts or the musicians you interview. And like, you treat everyone so kind and respectfully. And like, I feel like that's what it feels like to be your friend. I, that's amazing. Like that. <laughs> I, I, I honestly couldn't have hoped for anything, anything more from you. Like that's, <laughs> That's like a dream come true. That's amazing. I, I couldn't, I couldn't express what that meant to me. To be honest, um, we could end this right now. I'm literally <laughs> the happiest I've been in 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 ages. That's that's a wonderful thing, and it means the absolute world to me that you would say that. So, mm. um, yeah, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, on that note, I didn't want to say this to you before uh, to, to be a kind of stalkerish, but I, I don't know why I checked, but I think. Um, we would have celebrated our fifth year together uh, in February. That's crazy. I I have no idea why I looked that up the other day, but I went back to sort of look in. I was like, how long have have I known uh, uh, Molly? And it kind of went back to, uh, yeah, February back then. So it was like, oh, oh, geez, five years. Um, And uh, yeah, which is pretty amazing. It is. And what perfect timing to do this. And (laughs) it's funny because it does not feel that long at all. Like I was trying to figure out like how long have I been because I stopped like numbering my episodes a long time ago. So I don't even know. Um, And so, yeah, I was like, how long have I been doing this? Like two years? (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, I always keep, yeah, I always keep the numbers, which is why, yeah, when, you know, gosh, you were the first person to hit a hundred shows, which is amazing. It was such a wonderful thing to to kind of be able to boast. And obviously I know that number's coming up and I know that no one else numbers their shows Uh, apart from Steve. I think Steve's the only one that numbers his show. Um, And uh, yeah, I knew that number was coming up. So it's, it's a lovely milestone to be able to celebrate with people because like I said, it exists basically off of uh, the, the, the station exists off of the amazing work that you and the others do. And, you know, I'm I'm just sort of not in a situation where I can, you know, do things to kind of say, you know, uh, we, there's no we have no backing or anything like right. that, you know. So it's um, it yeah, it's just it's always going to be difficult to put into words or express, you know, the the uh, appreciation and the, again the fandom, the adoration, the sort of that um, that I have for everyone that does stuff. So uh, yeah, so that was yeah. 
But it also exists because of your hard work. And that is why I had the idea to interview you because like I said, you do so much for all of us. But like, what do, what does the world know about the man behind the music? And I also want to know lots of those things. So, wow. so yeah, I wanted to, if you're ready, let's go. Yeah, get ready for complete uh, boredom and disappointment, but let's oh, go. <laughs> so like, who are you? Who's Iman? <laughs> oh, <laughs> the, you, that's the first question. That's yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm not equipped to be on this side. Um, break that down a bit more for me, if, if. like, like, how would you? What's your elevator speech of like who you are? What are you interested in? Like, what are the the biggest parts of your life that people should know about you? Um. Wow. Okay. Um. Well, I guess. Um. I guess for the longest time, I think probably music has kind of been the thing that everyone uh, equated to me. Um, mm. I kind of i I kind of got into it very, very late. You know, I well, you know, having through the podcast and stuff, I always get to talk to people about you know their sort of initial connections to music and so many people say I grew up with it and it was in my household and I knew Marvin Gaye and Nina Simone before I was five years old and I never had that so Mm -hmm. I kind of got into it really late comparatively so um it it became something that I I think I sort of really sort of fell in love with it about 16 17 and as I got progressively more I can't think of any other way to say it, but obsessive about it. Everyone that I was around, like at college and uni, who liked it just as much and knew way more than me, you know, in those years that followed, they all just, it just became a thing in the background for them. And it became more and more kind of a a bigger part like of my life, you know? So I, (laughs) I, I always, um, I harp on about the nineties a lot as a musical thing because it was in a way it was the time I enjoyed music the most actually I'd love to ask you this as well but for me I it was when I enjoyed music the most because I was surrounded by friends who all loved the same things and we would be excited about new albums that came out and we would actually like at uni we would gather around like a, a you know our like on our dorms and we would listen to this album we'd pass around the credits and it was a shared a communal thing that we all just obsessively were really really into but as I said those years that followed it became a very solitary experience you know so like right now I could discover something later tonight for example and go oh my gosh this is amazing but I I don't initially have people around me anymore I can say listen to this listen to this so it you know as much as I you know as obsessive as I am say now I you don't you know, that enjoyment, if that makes any sense, um, I, isn't something that I have as much anymore, just because I don't have people to sort of initially share things uh, with anymore. But as a question for you, I'd love, what, what is your, um, I, yeah, what is your kind of connection to it in that way? Do you, if you discover music and stuff like now, do you initially have people where you could just send something to and say, dude, have you heard this? Or is that is that a period that you've ever had? Or do you, have you ever not had that? Um, ooh, that's a good question. 
Um, well, so, so a lot of just like through being in music, right? Like, um, or like in, in the scene in Denver or whatever, um, there's a little bit of that. And like, so I recently started seeing someone and he's in a band. And so like, we have very similar musical tastes. So I can like send him something like, oh, I think you're going to love this. Or, oh my God, have you heard this? Um, But yeah, like a lot of my friends actually like don't listen to the kind of music I do or like don't Mm -hmm. speak Spanish. So it doesn't really speak to them. So yeah, it is really like, I guess the way that I share it is through Super Sonido. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know that you had that connection of that's what the show was in many ways. Um, mm-hmm. But I, w- I was curious about sort of you from, a, say, a, a social circle uh, kind of perspective. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. that. But it makes the difference, doesn't it? Just sort of to be in a room full of people where you're all, I, I suppose, like a gig, really, in, yeah. in a way. But even just like playing a CD or listening to something like that and just sort of having those people to share it with. But and also not having that anymore. Yeah. Um, and um yeah, it's just, yeah. So I, I think in many ways I was the music guy uh, just uh, for a long time. But like just someone that like as a fan, it was just, um, yeah, I think it was kind of like that and people equated that and, and maybe other attempts at creative endeavors to, to, to sort of as something that, oh, he likes to do stuff like that. And I, I think probably in many ways that was what people thought of when um yeah when they kind of thought about me in that regard so what were you guys listening to in these like um kickbacks that i'm envisioning (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what you're envisioning that's really cool um it's um well in those um it was predominantly uni so it was like 90s r&b and then 90s hip-hop mm-hmm. and i i resisted 90s hip-hop because of, they were swearing um but it eventually <laughs> walked me down um but yeah there was lots of stuff like um like uh i, I guess wu-tang stuff and uh biggie and like the roots and um like r&b stuff like total and d'angelo's brown sugar voodoo mm-hmm. Uh, Erica Badu, Mama's Gone, Barduism, uh, Tony, 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 Raphael Sadiq, stuff like that. So it was all kind of, it was, yeah, it was a lot of that. And and like 90s hip hop, again, I have such a huge affection for it now because it's like even back then, everybody was so enthralled, like, you know, like friends wise, everyone was so enthralled because it was very much a genre that was sort of still discovering itself back then. And sort of everything felt new. And everything that it would come out would felt really exciting and to to sort of gravitate to certain labels like Bad Boy Records or Def Jam. Um, and um, yeah, what kind of everyone was putting out. And it was just always really, really exciting uh, when people were kind of doing stuff like that. Yeah. So it was, I was, but in the 90s, it was probably, it was a sort of neo soul and like mm-hmm. 90s R&B and uh, 90s hip hop that was um uh gravitating i was gravitating to the most but i had a huge affection for miss sarah mclaughlin as well no uh, way absolutely fumbling towards <laughs> ecstasy's a masterpiece are you a sarah mclaughlin <laughs> fan or have i lost everything now? <laughs> no i mean i get it in that time period like she yeah. was like for sure Yes, I was a huge server clock fan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the album "Fumbling Towards Ecstasy." It is the best album in the world. Amazing. Um, but yeah, I was yeah, I was a bit all over the place. And then there was there was a there was a guitar phase in like early noughties. Yeah, I was I kind of got into more grungy stuff. 
uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then how, Dave, you're the music guy. How did Blue and Green Radio come to exist? Um, uh, but, 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 so I think as my kind of obsession grew and as there became less I'm going to replicate what you said actually um it, as there became sort of less people to sort of share it with the desire to share it increased mm -hmm. and I I um I remember I don't know why I don't know how the idea of radio kind of got in my head but I just remember just being enthralled now I'm you know jazz is now at this point like the predominant um, kind of music for me at this kind of when this is sort of starting to take shape so we're about 2005 maybe something like that and I'm I'm becoming a, a, like a, a enamored by the 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 prospect of the like the black <laughs> like the black and white smoke-filled studio of the late night jazz guy so you know that's the most devious and you know and I kind of like that's just the coolest thing in the world and I mm -hmm. kind of wanted that and I thought well I've had no experience I've there's no way to attain that and I don't know why it got in my head but yeah I just became really kind of fascinated with with that and then I had discovered um uh, this incredible thing called internet radio <laughs> and I found a station that was sort of on the other side of London uh, from where I lived. And again, I don't know what kind of got into me. I didn't even have an email address for them or anything. So I had to call them and I, I thought, how am I going to, they had like a sign that says, you know, they're looking for presenters. And I thought, I know I can do this musically, um, but I, I have no experience. And I thought, how am I going to try and wing this? And I thought, I can't wing this. Listen, I have literally nothing that I can, I can you know, say experience-wise. I have nothing. I didn't work anywhere. I didn't know anyone. There was nothing that I could have did done. So I, I called the station manager. And he was, you know, like, oh, great. Yeah, someone knew. So he says, what experience do you have? And I said, nothing. I said, I have nothing. I don't, I, like I said, I said, I don't know anyone. I've, I've never been to a studio before. I, you know, I've got no experience at all. And I just left it there <laughs> and he laughed and he just went, Oh, like, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's meet, come in. So I had to wait. It was the following week. And I was, I nearly canceled a few times because of, I get really bad anxiety. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought, well, you know, what are you doing? This is, this is crazy. Like, I didn't know if it was going to be the best case scenario or the worst case scenario that I'd get a show. Cause I thought, well, how am I going to cope with that? I don't know oh, what, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's, you know, so I, I nearly cancelled. And if I, I think if I had had an email address, I cowardly would have cancelled. Um, but I thought if I had cancelled, I have to ring him. <laughs> and I thought, and that's well, worse. That's worse. Because <laughs> um, then he'll say, no problem, coward. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. Um, so I went in and we kind of, we, we hit it off. And um, yeah, and then I just sort of started. And it was a, and this is my, the, the depth of my, obsession of say obsession it's not, it sounded creepy every time i say obsession but my uh, excitement enthusiasm um it was a all he had was a friday night slot uh 1 a.m till 3 um and it was in literally the other side of london so i would uh i would drive home afterwards at 
be home at four in the morning um and uh so yeah it was one in one in the morning till three in the morning so it was but and i was you know i was over the moon like this was the coolest thing in the world and yeah and it it takes actually another question for you um actually i think i have asked you this before but i'd love to hear it again but like it takes a re it took me a really long time to find my voice as such because there's the version of your show in your head that you want it to be but then there's the version of the show that's actually happening and the two things do not marry up for me they did not marry up for a very long time and then it's about finding kind of that in that in between which is sort of which is where your voice actually lies um and for you did you when you started kind of doing the shows and putting them up on soundcloud um the the 60 minute masterpieces that they were i can't imagine you had any difficulty from anything i ever heard but did you have was there a period where you were like oh this isn't sounding like i want it to sound or you know did you was there any you know discomfort or anything or were you just doing it exactly as you wanted to I think I was I think I was lucky because I was just literally sitting in my living room floor like I was in a space that was very comfortable for me so and and there was no one else around Mm. so I could just like be my weird self and be fine with that (laughs) and like assume no one's listening right so it didn't really matter and and I you know part of the sort of impetus for my show was self-exploration, particularly Mm. identity, but just like in general. And to me, that felt like the only way I could show up was authentically, which meant I had to be vulnerable. And so in a way, it was like an incredibly therapeutic experience still is. Um, and, And I just hope that my weirdness is endearing enough that people want to continue listening. Um, But but yeah, I think it helped immensely that I wasn't like in a studio. Nobody's calling me. Like I don't have to talk to anyone. I'm just like there in my living room sharing things I love and pretending like I'm talking to my best friend. Hmm. You, yeah, you were uh, not to blow smoke, but well, you don't need oh, me no, to go tell ahead. you how. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, well, look, I, I've, I have, well, I can honestly say I've never lied to you about any any compliment or anything that I've ever paid to you, but like to me, you're you're the you're the benchmark, and I think I might not have pursued it if I had heard yours because I remember it was from your SoundCloud. I'll never forget it because I've I've had it's funny. I have conversations with people who their show basically consists of uh, like music only mixes. Mm-hmm. And they don't talk, and I think that's perfectly great and perfectly fine. And but I like having the, the the conversation with them about, say, why that and not presenting. And the the best response I ever had was from Rhonda, who is on on, on the station. She's in mm-hmm. uh, San Jose, California, and she said, and this is a, a perfect response. She said, "If I've done my job right, I should I shouldn't need to talk." And I thought that's a flawless. That's a really perfect answer in terms of mm-hmm. if you put your music together properly, then it's it tells its own narrative, it tells right. its own story, and I think that's a that's a really brilliant uh, 
uh, response, but it still will, won't rival like. No, that's not a comment on Rondo in any way, but like the, the 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 connection. I think this is what I think is brilliant about radio. I rem- I'll never forget listening to one of your shows on uh, the SoundCloud ones before I even reached out to you, where you talked about you played a song and you said it was like the the song kind of puts you in a car driving late at night with like your friends and family around you. And I think you, you maybe even likened it to your son sleeping there. And he said, it's like that moment in the car where you're with loved ones and everyone's asleep and you're the only one there and you're kind of driving. And that's what this song, I'm, this is why you're like, you're up there because I'm, I'm describing this really badly, but it was such a, a beautiful and vivid portrait of you in that moment listening to that song where anyone that would have heard that would have been in that car with you (laughs) and i think that's the magic of radio that is and you encapsulated it with that one kind of description or how that one link for the song that you played and that will stay with me forever and i think that that's that's what that's what radio is that's that's the absolute power of 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 that guy that person that talks in between songs you can just Mm -hmm. say that was that this is this or you can talk about your connection to it and i think that that's that's why you set the bar molly (laughs) you know uh, it's uh no thank you um but uh, it's um and and that's kind of what i always uh sort of strived for but again you know you have to find that path your own way don't you and uh yeah so i i'm I, I in ways i'm not at all surprised that you, you you nailed it straight away um but uh yeah for me it took i'd say a few years to really be able to figure out um kind of what i was doing but again it was that unwavering i can't quit i can't you know if you have you leave and you think that was a bad show that was a bad show but you still go back next week you know yeah so yeah. So then, was that show also called Blue and Green? That well, that show it's that show was the Blue and Green sessions, uh-huh. and I was on that station, and I did. Um, I think I was on four stations over the course of uh, maybe ten or so years. Um, yeah, four different wow. stations over that time, just sort of doing my own thing. And I, I think it kind of, so Blue and Green Radio basically came to life because, and again, I'm not saying this in any way to blow my 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 horn. I don't mean this as a, as a, it, it, a tiny bit of it is a compliment, but a tiny bit isn't. Um, but everywhere I went, I was the alternative guy. Mm. And, you know, and some people said it as a compliment and some people said it not as a compliment Um, because this is one of the things that you have to learn. It's not you, obviously you, but just um, one of the things that when you go into this, my logic was this is my time slot and I'll do what I want to do in that time slot. But that is it. But you have to now consider why people tuned into that radio station because I can be defiant and say, this is Sarah McLaughlin's piano version of possession. <laughs> but if, <laughs> but if you're, if you're playing on a, for example, an R and B station, they don't want to hear that. Yeah, And that's, that was one of the, 
that was a real that was a great lesson to learn because then you kind of think i need to i need to tailor what i'm doing now and i remember i was on one station um fairly um, you know a fairly big station over in the uk and um i had a oh, if it once friday night one till three was a breeze compared to sunday morning 8 a.m till 10 a.m and yes that was as graveyard shift as it got and um i there was a guy after me who who did 10 to 12 and this guy was a legend he was amazing and he had so many like people that would come into the chat room and bombard like you know all of his friends and he was so experienced and he plays out club nights just a great guy really really asset to, a real asset to the station and he's we were both weekly and we you know had a great time hanging out sort of in between our shows and stuff and he had uh three replays uh a week and um i had no replay <laughs> <laughs> I had no re- and I remember thinking and I was by no means mad at him because that guy should have had 10 replays a week mm-hmm. he was amazing but it made me think am I doing something wrong mm-hmm. and I remember I thought okay I'm gonna ask the, the boss and um, I waited till I had the opportunity to talk to him and I asked you know how's how am I doing like is, is are you happy with the show is everything okay and then he said um he went hmm <laughs> straight away and I thought oh no there's an answer to this question and then he said that he goes I think it would be best if you played things more in line with the other presenters and I thought okay like you're right you're absolutely right like it's his station mm-hmm. you know it's and it's that lesson of you you know you can defiantly do what you want to do but it doesn't help you it doesn't help the station and um you know uh you know it, it you have to find that middle ground and i, I you know he we, we got on great I, I think i'm presenting myself as as a disaster on air uh and, I, and maybe i am but he you know he i've seen literally seen him sack people after their first show <gasps> so he's he was brutal i won't name him but he was brutal and um so yeah i so i wasn't ever in that category he he always liked what i was doing but he just said you kind of go a bit too left field sometimes and that's fine he's right but it's it's that lesson of i need it's you know uh, four for them one for you Mm -hmm. and you play things at the right time you can make your point where people go who's that i don't know that and you've you know and you've done it at the right time so then it becomes a bit competitive and that's the fun of it as well and so i think i just kind of got um kind of tired of being the alternative one Um, and 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 i you know uh, uh, there were loads of compliments that came with that and i so i don't want to just say everyone said i was the worst (laughs) no one said i was the worst but i will yeah i will pat myself on the back a little bit in that (laughs) people will sometimes say i only listen to this show because i know everything that everyone else plays and i thought that's a nice thing that to say is that's so cool yeah I, I had a couple of those and uh that was a yeah that that meant a lot yeah. um that was on a yeah on another station as well so i won't um uh i won't mention that because i don't want to be as courteous <laughs> to the other you know um but yeah so i, I think that that's nice and uh when you can kind of again that's me being the alternative one and i think blue and green radio i think i just got to a point where i was tired of being the alternative one and i kind of wanted to have a platform where i didn't have to compromise Mm. 
it what I wanted to do and uh, I, I didn't have to kind of tailor it to someone else's you know uh, remit so to speak and I just wanted to have a have a platform where it wasn't specifically for me but um, I think I just wanted a platform where anyone who would who could deem themselves as weird or odd or left field could actually find this as, as home. Mm. Do you know what I mean? A place where they would stand out solely for the absolutely right reason, because uh, I think in many ways that the station as it is, I mean, I, I, you know, there is so much more I want for it, but when you look at the people on it, I mean, it's just, I, you know, it's, I, I honestly think it's world class. I, like in terms of the people, you I would start naming everyone, but though Simon, Rhonda, uh, Bob, blah blah blah. I, you know, I just, I just couldn't be more sort of proud and happy, and just that people, a lot of them would call themselves, you know, uh, uh, the one that stuck out at various places that they were in, and I think here they. I'm hoping that it's something it's a it's a place that they kind of don't feel they stick out for the wrong reasons anymore you know mm-hmm. I love that <laughs> <laughs> that's so nice hopefully that's that's it anyway but yeah so yeah and how did you like curate the station like how did you find everyone I know you found me but is it the yeah. same yeah uh, kind of um I've, I've it's kind of great to be asked as well to be honest I mean a couple of people who I would never have thought would have they actually reached out to me they found us and it was like um okay yeah let let's let's do that this is not gonna work this is not gonna work oh god they've just sent in a show okay (laughs) that's (laughs) Um, so cool yeah there were there's a, a a couple people but ultimately yeah when I I had been putting this off for ages. So when I started, I shouldn't say this, it was literally me. And I, again, you know, I, anyone else would have been able to do this way better in that they would have been able to have cultivate relationships after all those years in radio where they could have had a group of people to initially ask. And I didn't. So, uh, and I kind of just thought, I keep putting this, not putting this off as in I, you know, it's like, I'd love to do this. It's impossible. You can't do this. Um, and then I just sort of looked into it and then thought, okay, like, I'm just, I'm just going to do this and mm-hmm. whatever happens, happens. And I did it and um, sleep became a thing I used to do. And, <laughs> and uh, it just became, yeah. And then it was basically, yes, online is, 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 is the short answer to that. Uh, my rambling quest, my rambling up response, but uh, yeah, the vast majority is is pretty much all just sort of online people you kind of bump into and you mm-hmm. find shows um like on Mixcloud and uh, it's there's a really great mix of people that have been doing it for ages and have huge amounts of experience like Steve, like right. geez Steve's you know been doing radio from the nineties. You know, he's got his brand UK vibe, as you know, 30 years this year. I mean, to have a connection with Steve, who has been invaluable, you know, his just his 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 tips, his knowledge, his the the help he's given me 
I, you know, I couldn't put that into words. You know, he's, um, it, yeah, he's he's just been a lifeline in so many ways. Um, and um, there's, you know, a mix of first timers where like Colin, for example, who again is just a, a total hero of mine because he has this twisted soul brand and he would he does a monthly uh, he does weekly mixes he's got an amazing website where he finds all this incredible new music you know from a global perspective as well and i remember just looking at this brand and thinking he's okay so i messaged and said do you do radio do you want to do radio because i've never done it and i'm like well why not like you do the mixes you've got an amazing knowledge on this why aren't you doing radio because i don't know and, uh, and it was like, well, now you are, now you are, let's do radio. <laughs> and it's kind of amazing, uh, to kind of, um, to kind of have those, like those first timers, you know, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just a wonderful thing where, where you know, I don't know, I've looked at what they're doing and thought you should do this, like radio. And they're like, I never considered it. It's like, why you're, you know, it's like, it's right there. It's the only thing you're not doing. <laughs> <laughs> which is a lot of fun when they kind of see it. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's an amazing mix of people, like in terms of various stages are just um, people who've just, it's just their passion, you know, and actually like from a, like a podcast perspective, like the blue and green podcast, if I could redo the whole thing, it's another question for you actually. And I have asked you this before, but like, if I could redo the podcast, I would have curated like um, sort of geared every episode into basically answering into someone, the person answering the question of why do you do it? Mm-hmm. Why, you know, like you had your shows on SoundCloud for ages. There was well over a year of, I think two shows a month that you had done. And mm-hmm. if, if I had never made contact or if Kuvo had never made contact, you'd still be doing it. I have no doubt that you would still be doing it. And I think everyone has that. And, you know, Vahe puts out so much stuff. And I remember he, he put out like a, he puts out these really massive, the longest show Vahe ever did was 37 hours. Whoa! Uh, yes, <laughs> and it took him nine months to put this show together. Oh my god! And and I and th- and the coolest thing with Vahe is that I think he said it about this show or a different show, but he had just said, "If no one likes it, I I couldn't give a crap." Yeah, <laughs> a different word. He goes, "I just don't care if whether the people if someone says they hate it or whatever, it's of no interest to me at all. I did it because I want to do it." And that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. That thing that is in him and you and me and 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 uh, Sean and everybody, where it's like I'm doing this because it's in me, and I've kind of gotta gotta get it out. I've got to exercise it. Yeah. And so, like for you, what, what? How would you describe that in yourself? Like that thing that compels you to keep doing this thing with no immediate desire for whether it's feedback or monetary again or anything like that, what is the thing like that for you? Um, it is completely selfish in that I'm like, I'm doing it for me, but like little girl mm-hmm. me, um, because I think, you know, I, I've said it a million trillion times, um, you know, that like, 
I didn't know who the heck I was and where I fit in. And it caused like a lot of turmoil, (laughs) figuring out like where I belonged because like I felt like I belonged nowhere. And that's not easy any point in your life, but especially as a kid. Um, And so like I feel like I'm doing it. What pushes me is like validating that little girl and like, hey, you're like, you're exactly who you need to be. Like, and, and I want to give that to other people that like, we are perfectly valid just as we are. Like, it doesn't matter. The whole world wants to tell you to pick a box, but you don't have to. And even if the only place you hear that is for one hour every Sunday or every other Tuesday, like, that's fine. At least you're hearing it. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's, they, that's right. That's it. Right. Like that's, that's, that's absolutely it. That's so cool. That's beautifully put. Um, Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. But it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating thing. I think in, in people that just kind of compels them to continue, you know, even though, like, you know, I've, I've, I've had conversations with people or interaction with people who are just kind of like, they're going to stop whatever it is their creative endeavor is. And it's kind of like, I'm just going to stop because nothing, it's not working. It's like, not, I'm not yeah. getting any, no. I'm not getting uh, what I want out of it. And I always think, well, you're doomed then, <laughs> you know, well, if yeah. that's ultimately, if you've put that roadblock of, I want success and you do right. whatever that is. And I don't mean to be judgmental. That's not a judgmental comment. No, but, but it's you're just, right. You've got to do it <laughs> that love of it has to yeah. compel you to move forward, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because the likelihood that you're going to reach quote unquote success, like (laughs) probably not like we hope, but that can't, that can't be the thing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, when you're curating a playlist, like what are you trying to convey? What is it that, what are you thinking about when you're putting a show together? Um, to me, I always look at it um, uh, in a way that it, it's kind of always hard to explain what it is, but I always look at each show as its own story hmm. and um, certainly like its own narrative. Like, um, and in many ways, sort of as how Rhonda described it in terms of I shouldn't have to speak if I've done my job right. And I, again, that's a really great, uh, a really great response, really great perspective to have on, I think, a show. But Mm -hmm. I do like to kind of talk. I do like to kind of impart info about who I'm playing or my connection to. I discovered this X amount of, you know, uh, years ago and stuff like that. So um, I think it depends on, there's a few different shows like that I'll probably go into things differently with, but the, the prevalent thought of it's a story this this 60 minutes or this two hours is a story that has to make sense and i think sometimes i can totally acknowledge that even now where i've this is probably the only thing i think i can do well you know in terms of that i'm comfortable with it and i can sit in a room with a, a microphone and a bunch of music and i can do what i i can make it how i want it to be but I, you still have bum shows where you acknowledge yeah. this as a playlist 
like yeah I, that didn't tell the right story mm-hmm. you know and um so yeah so sometimes it makes you want to kind of revisit it or kind of go back to it in some capacity but yes i that's that's kind of a short and vague answer but that that's kind of I say short and vague. I've never spoken this much before in my entire life. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this is therapy. Um, but... <laughs> I told you. <laughs> well, we can go to a, a, a little easier one, a fun one. <laughs> okay, um, good. <laughs> if you could have tea, because I know you Brits have tea and not so much coffee. <laughs> I, I am a coffee drinker. I'm a strong oh. <laughs> coffee drinker. So yeah, we'll go. <laughs> Then if you could have coffee with anyone, uh, any musician, dead or alive, who would it be? And what would you ask them? What would you want to know? Great question. So, oh, man. Um, Sarah McLaughlin, right? (laughs) I don't deserve to be in her presence. (laughs) Um, Well, my easy answer, even though I just don't think it would go well, uh, is Prince. I'm, oh, I'm, the, I'm a diehard, like obsessive Prince fan. There's that obsessive word again. It's a <laughs> bad word. Um, but I was, yeah, I've been a, uh, yeah, I've been a Prince fan for a really long time. And I just think, you know, I, I think from what I know about him in terms of, I just, I don't know how it would go because like, I'd be like, Oh, so, Hey, that, that <laughs> sign of the times is a pretty good album. And it'd be like, I don't want to talk about that. I'd be like, oh no. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know how it would go, but I, I would love to, to kind of sit and, and kind of talk music with, with him and his approach to things. And um, yeah, Prince is, 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 yeah, pretty much, uh, yeah, it's like Prince and then there's everyone else, you know? Right. So, yeah. uh, who would you pick? Um, I think, okay, this is, <laughs> um, I can never remember his name either. And uh, it's so bad cause I love him, but you know, that guy from, um, the Humpty dance is your oh, chance. Oh, you told to me this. Hump. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. I just love him. I don't I, well, I mean I know he's he's passed, but um like back in MySpace days, he did like a review for teeth whitening strips and it was just like totally unprompted and wild. And I was like this man must be so interesting. I just think he'd make me laugh and that's laughing's my favorite, so. <laughs> That's that's amazing. Yeah, I I have asked. I definitely remember. Yes. Yeah, I don't know why I can't remember that. But um, wow, and I thought you'd say like Bomba Stereo. I know. Or like <laughs> musicians who actually have a strong affinity for. <laughs> that's so good. That's a good answer. I'm going to pick your answer as well. Okay. Like, hey, that. So you did teeth whitening. That was great as a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, guess. <laughs> I guess. What else do you want to ask me? That's kind of it. Like, Humpty dance. Humpty dance. You talk Humpty dance. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Are you a Prince fan per chance? Um, I'm not, not a fan. I, I like him. I think his music is amazing and he's a genius. I'm just uh, not like... Like I'll listen to it if it comes on, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like there's not very often where I'm like, oh, I really want to listen to Prince right now. I think he's amazing and wonderful, 
Um, but yeah, it's not like obsessive. I will edit portions of your response out. Right, <laughs> Don't hold it against me. <laughs> okay. So if you could be like, if you forget, if you have no musical talent, if you just were the I greatest know. musician and you, I know me either. Uh, that's why I'm in radio. <laughs> um, but if you could be in a band, what kind of music would you play? Oh man, uh, that's a good question. That's a great question. Um, I think that kind of like myth of jazz is still prevalent in the same way of being in a in a dark cigarette smoke filled room presenting radio at three in the morning. Um, I'm also now taken by the idea of a struggling jazz trumpeter who puts his trumpet in his little briefcase and goes from gig to gig. And then he's missed the last train home and he's got to do the long (laughs) walk. Um, And he plays in different bands and small dingy kind of uh, jazz holes around the, around the city. I kind of where, where my mindset is (laughs) at the moment. That sounds great. Right. It does. It's very yeah. romantic. <laughs> I love it. What was your answer be? Well, I think I said this last time, but my dream has always been to have a Tina Marie cover band called What's the Tea? Oh, oh um, yes. Yeah. And so still working on it. Anyone out there, come on, let's go. But yeah, I just think that'd be so fun to just wear sequin, huge shoulder pad tuxedos and like play the guitar and just... <laughs> Is that I was just about to ask you? Is that is what instrument you would you play? Is that what you would would you be lead vocals or? Oh, absolutely not! You don't want to hear me oh. sing. The last time I really I, want to hear you sing. No, you don't. Uh, dogs have howled <laughs> while I sang. It's They're not backing good. singers. That's a, that's a compliment. <laughs> you're you're taking ah. this as disrespect. They're like, oh, she's <laughs> awesome. Oh. No, they're totally in on it. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> Um, we what kind is it of with Tina Marie. If I'm oh, honest. I just love her. I just think she is like so cool, and mm. I don't know. Like <laughs> when I'm alone in my car, that's what I listen to, and I just like belt it out because it's just such good. She just has such range, and you can like really scream out your emotions, mm. whatever they are. And it's, I just yeah. think she's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so we talked about how like you really came into music around the nineties in university. Um, but like, what do you miss about that time? Like about the way we listened to music? I guess you kind of said it in that you, it was more of like a social thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah. So that's a great question. Uh, definitely sort of that social aspect of having people to kind of share stuff with, but I suppose like back then I would go into lots of like, um, you know, music stores again were far more prevalent in London than they are now. Right. Um, I imagine that's the same in Denver. Definitely. Um, but um, you, yeah. So even if it was just like secondhand stores and stuff like that, and you rifle through like, even, well, actually not just the romantic side of secondhand stores and independent stores, but even just HMV. So I, I certainly miss being in a shop and rifling through stuff. And then you see a CD single and you're like, oh my gosh, there's, you know, I didn't know there was a different mix of this song or blah, blah, blah. So that was always great. But, you know, at the same time, being able to just say, oh, I want to hear some new music now. You can go on Bandcamp, 
you can go on SoundCloud and you can discover something pretty amazing fairly yeah. quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know people kind of, you know, it's obviously very sad that, you know, we have, we lost, we lose that physical um, aspect. But, you know, if I need to make time, for example, to go to the record store and I'm like, oh, I can't go this weekend. I have to go next weekend or, you know, that kind of part of it. But I can, you know, that, you know, you're beholden to schedules right. before. But now I can, after this conversation, if I want to hear something new, I can, you know, spend about an hour going through, um, you know, music online and and find a bunch of stuff from independent people in, you know, from Germany or Japan or Paris, you know, which is kind of amazing. And I, I, in a way, we that aspect of contemporary digging, uh, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really get, you know, we, we're, it's like we're not really allowed to say that it's kind of magical You're that right. you can just discover that because it's <laughs> yeah. evil internet, evil right. Spotify. Um, but I'm not a streamer. I don't. I don't stream music at all. Um, it's just I don't. Again, <laughs> because I'm obsessive, I have to own it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's why I don't really stream. But like, you can discover so much from just some some dude in his bedroom, uh, in you know, you know in israel like it's just it's crazy how how easy it is to kind of discover music like that and also fairly magical uh so it's 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 kind of cool it Um, is very liberating like in time that yeah you don't have to get dressed get in your car drive however long and and be mm -hmm. there and it's liberating and like you're not constrained to what's within those walls like you can you're right you can find anything anywhere yeah that's pretty cool. So how do you think, how do you imagine your children will listen to music? Because it's changed pretty drastically from when we were younger to yeah. now. Like, wh- what do you think, what do you think your well, kids are going to be doing? I don't, well, I imagine a world of Spotify currently lays ahead for them. Mm-hmm. Um, um I don't know. Once, I mean, they're eleven and six, and the eleven-year-old is my my oldest. She's her, my daughter. She is, you know, well into that kind of poppy phase, and um, so yeah, she's quite happy to kind of listen to lots of music like that, despite my efforts to I say, <laughs> <laughs> "Hey, listen to this." <laughs> get your weird music away from me no, <laughs> no solos oh, oh. Um, so uh and you know my six-year-old son oh my gosh would uh you know just likes any <laughs> he's, he likes like a handful of songs that are basically about the hulk um or, or any... <laughs> there's some guy on youtube who makes no. songs about Mark characters um, and they're very professional but i think he he rips them off like he rips off from existing songs uh but he kind of makes them into songs about characters from marvel and there's like a an mop annie up version of the hulk oh um, my god and, uh, <laughs> which is like yeah i love this uh, <laughs> for him uh so i don't yeah musically i don't know where he'll end up um but yeah i i imagine um yeah, the uh, world of Spotify or whatever the next evolution uh, is likely to be. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know where kind of music fandom kind of goes from there, or music consumption, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it does seem. Uh, again, I think it's just sort of the ease of it, isn't it? And like, I yeah. I've, again, I've had conversations with people where they're amazed that you, that I pay for music. 
it's kind of like why why would you like you could just i guess just you know download it and stuff like that it's like oh well you know or, or even more amazed that i buy physical copies of, of now that the, is amazing yeah do you, are, are you not a like a, a hard copy person or well i have nowhere to play it like not well, even computers yeah. don't have disk drives anymore I know. Oh, that, yeah <laughs> i know that's so upsetting i know uh but um yeah it's the dinosaur that i am i've got they won't even take my floppy drives either what the heck <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah no so i still yeah i buy a a, a physical copy if for anything that i like i love i'm like yeah i i can't oh is that is going to come back to that word again but um it's yeah i don't know what it is about just this kind of like you have the mp3s don't buy it don't buy the physical like i have to um, <laughs> but yeah i don't know um yeah where do you think music would be going I, it's really hard to imagine because it feels it's it's like an interesting space right now where it is very like an individual experience because you're in your computer or on your phone or whatever yeah. but also you are still sort of building a community around whatever it is you're listening to, yeah. um, you know, like you can share playlists and all like that. So it feels very like disconnected and also connected. Yeah. I, I can't imagine unless it's just like streamed directly into your brain, like what could be the next <laughs> thing? Like I don't, I couldn't even have imagined this as a kid, you know, it felt like CDs yeah. were like so crazy and wild. Yeah. yeah. There was, um, I can't remember, I read this kind of recently, actually, which is kind of a, a more accurate answer for your question, but I don't know if it's Spotify that are doing it, but I believe it's streaming services or a streaming service, but they are, now this is, this is such a bizarre, horrific full circle thing, but they are having, I don't know if it's like computer generated like uh, monologues or if it's just people like experienced like presenters doing it but they were going to electronically insert um kind of uh, dj links basically to do what we do in between songs that kind of introduction of that was that this is this as such but they were going to insert those as almost ai insertions and so it's and it's kind of like you you're trying to introduce a human element to a a process where you've specifically removed the human <laughs> element and it's like you you want people to obviously continue it's such a bizarre i don't know how much sense there what why it's no made, i get uh, it it's time. very strange it's very strange it's like well people are picking say the streaming because they don't want which is fair, that's fair enough if, if right. they don't as if, if they they don't want the people talking in between i guess they don't want ads etc they just want to get into a groove and and stay there so the idea that again i have to i should try and cite this accurately but um but a, that a streaming service would <laughs> kind of you know um introduce as a digital process as a as a as an ai kind of process introduce links of you know song introductions sort of i don't know it's a very i hate <laughs> it like, no, i hate it we just back to radio like what, yeah. why, why would yeah you but they want to do radio without having to pay people <laughs> That's what I well think. i said yeah i suppose i suppose so and uh yeah it's super weird 
No, not okay. Um, well, <laughs> I've taken up so much of your time and I'm super appreciative. I just have one last question. Yeah. What is your favorite blue and green show and why is it Super Simple? <laughs> <laughs> It's super city though. It's I like know. <laughs> no, JK, well, I know you can't say a favorite. It's just like your kids. You love them both the same, right? Uh -huh, okay. <laughs> I think it yeah, it's 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 an hour of magic. It really is. And you know, I think your whole approach to it, it it inspires me in so many ways. You inspired four corners, you know, as a, as one of my favorite things. And that might be my answer, I think, actually, in terms of favorite yeah, show. That's I think cool. four corners, because everyone jumps in and you know, and I, I think you're you are very much the kind of the centerpiece of it. And um I think Vahe kicks it off just amazingly uh each time. And um yeah, it's it's kind of inspired by what you what you've brought to the station, I think, as an absolute and I, you know, again, I've you, you know that I've told you that before. So, thank you. I would say Four Corners is my favorite show too because I think it shows the magic of what you're doing. In that, you know, you said earlier, like, well, you didn't make enough networking to have people readily available to hop mm -hmm. on when you started, but like that also is an opportunity because maybe you would have siloed yourself to be just like. Yes. London, right? But right. now you get to have people from Japan, Australia, yeah. United States. And like, that's yeah, so that's cool. Amazing. You get to give your listeners so many different perspectives. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a great, magical. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Perfect. So that's, you yeah, picked a song too. Tell me what song I you did. chose and why. Well, I got... um I'm picking, the, I'm sticking with the, the Sonido vibe. So I, I had a bunch of songs that were kind of synonymous with uh, kind of you and our past interactions. So um, here are the contenders. I, I have a winner, um, but two songs I was going to pick or two songs that initially jumped to mind. I was going to pick something from, um, I hope I pronounced the name correctly, but Daime Arusena, because oh, yeah. that was the first time you played a song. And I went, oh! <gasps> I know her. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I know her. That's amazing. I was super excited because I have her albums. And uh, so I nearly picked something from her and I probably would have picked um, Don't Unplug My Body, but I'm not mm. going to pick uh, her. I also strongly considered Cosmic Unity's La Humanidad because that was a song where you said, hey, good pick and I thought oh my gosh I've just I picked a song that made you happy and I thought that made me over the moon so but I'm not picking that either I'm gonna pick it was now between two songs which were I think I don't know the order but these were the one of the the first songs I remember you played uh on some of your very very first couple of shows on on the blue and green uh on blue and green radio and the second runner-up is Easy Easy by Miss Moss Ojos. I hope I'm pronouncing any of that correctly, apart from Easy Easy. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was sent it to you. Or you can look it up. It's like my power song. I oh, love cool. this song. It was on the first songs that you, uh, one of your first shows. But the actual winner, and I know you know this one, uh, August Eve Franklin. Oh my God, I've been listening to that song so much lately. Oh, I, I love it. I love that song. Oh, so I bad. adore that song. So that is 
what a long build up but that is going to be it. my uh my <laughs> that's going to be my uh my my pick oh great choice i want to go to the hotel you took me to when i was a child and i want to stand on the corner i watch and i wait and i'll stay for a while 